<clears throat> World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. And I'm not real good at self-promotion. I mean, sometimes I do self-promotion, but it, I never feel comfortable. I, I just don't feel good about it. I said, Lev, if you, if you have to blow your own horn, something's wrong, <laughs> right? I always felt that way. If I got to blow my own horn, then it doesn't need to be blown. But uh, my wife is constantly popping me. Here's what happened. Just what ha- just happened. I'm going to, uh, Dale, Pastor Dale Sosha is going to have me down in April. We just said, just did in the pre-show here, just before we got started. Going to come down, speak to his congregation. God bless Dale and, and the cutting edge pastor that he is. And I just, look, I'm, folks, I, I live to do that. I live to do that. And if you're out there listening right now and say, I'd love to come to your church. I'd love to come to your church. A men's meeting on Saturday, whatever. I'll, I'd love to come. I don't charge. An, I don't charge. All I ask is that you just help me get out there, pay my expenses to get out there. And <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to do it. So whether you're watching in Oklahoma today or whether you're watching in Hawaii, uh, I'd love to come. Here's the problem. It's hard to find a, a pastor that's not afraid of me. That's the hard thing. You know, I've, I do that to myself because I come in here every day and I bash pastors. So I, I get it. But I can promise you this. I will never embarrass your pastor. I will never embarrass your church. I'll never do that. See, there's a difference between what I do here in the morning and a message that I would bring to a church. I'd bring, I would bring a message to a church. You know, I don't, I don't need people to amen me. But I could, get, I could get Clint in here. I could get Dale in here. I could get others in here that would say, amen, coach. Amen, Dale. Amen. It'll be in, encouraging to your heck congregation. Yeah, coach. Heck amen. yeah. It's encouraging. I don't come and beat up your pastor or beat up your church. And you say, well, coach, listen, we only have, I don't, we only have 30 members. In our, I don't care. I don't care. I'd love to come. I'd love to come and encourage your people to be all that Christ has called them to be. I'd love to do that. Okay. So, uh, yes, I, I do ask for expenses. Yeah, I ask for expenses. What the heck, you know, help me, help me get out there. That's not, in fact, the Bible says that the workman's worthy of his wages. I don't want a wage. I don't want a wage. Help me get out there. Let me, I'll sleep on the couch. I'll drag Michelle with me and she'll sleep on the couch and I'll sleep on the floor. It doesn't doesn't matter. But I got this thing inside of me that's just bubbling to get out. And uh, I said, Lord, open those doors. It's not about me. Not that I'm some great orator, but I'm telling you, I'm carrying a message inside of me. I was just having a discussion with Michelle before we we came down here, Chris. I watched her all day yesterday. Uh, I don't I don't want this to sound bad. I hate I hate talking about me, but it's important you understand this. I am consumed with spiritual cultural relationship issues. I'm consumed with it. I'll be honest with you. I'm consumed with it. Maybe that's why I can't fix a lawnmower. Maybe that's why I can't drill a nail. Maybe I don't. I, you don't drill now. I can hammer a nail, but maybe not straight. Right? I get up, and it's all I'm consumed with. And and poor Michelle, she has to follow me around, and she has to cook food and clean dishes and mop and do all this stuff that I could be helping her helping her do. But I'm telling you, I can't get unfocused to do it. It's almost like a curse. To be honest with you. <laughs> It really is. Although I, I think I'm fun to be around. I think I am. I'm a happy-go-lucky guy by nature. But the reality of it is I look out on the spectrum of what's going on, and I have this urgently, warn them. Will you warn them? 
Coach, will you warn him? Is, is there anybody sitting here right now that just all of a, all of a sudden thinks something magical is going to happen and everything's going to be good again? Do you think that the New World Order, the Devil's Kids, you think they're going to go down without a fight? Aren't you smart enough to understand that when they begin to lose, what the devil has always done is they burn the bridges. They burn everything when they're getting ready to be beat. You guys know that, don't you? And even if we end up winning this cultural battle that we're in, there's going to be devastation like we have never seen. And the urge in my heart is from the Lord, go tell them, coach, go warn them. They don't want to hear. They don't want to rapture, rapture, get that out of me. So I'd love to come. I'd love, I'd love to come. Just contact me and say, Coach, uh, look, we only got 30 people. Well, great. Great. There'll be 30 people that will hear the truth, and maybe we can motivate them and move on, move on from there. So, uh, well, that sounded selfish. I hate self-promotion. I hate it. I hate it. But if I don't tell you, who's going to tell you, right? And we, and we got a lot of people who are really starting. Our audience is growing. Our audience is growing. Thanks to Rumble, man. They've really been promoting us. The Patriot Party Network's been really promoting us. I appreciate that. Our audience is growing. And as our audience grows, our impact's going to grow. But don't ever forget this, friends. All of it is local. I texted Glenn, Glenn this morning. Glenn, I'm not going to – I don't want to uh, – I don't want to talk out of school here, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up any, any, um, if you say it, it stays private. That's what I'm saying. But I, Glenn and I were having a conversation and he was talking about the central committee. I'm going to read what I said, Glenn, not what you said. Okay. And I said, uh, politics is so wicked. Glenn's on the central committee and he says something else. I said, you know, everybody on the central committee, are you listening to me folks? Everybody on the central committee is there because they have an agenda. Everybody on the Republican Central Committee is there because they have the agenda. And most of their agendas are not good. Their personal power, personal influence, personal advancement. Anybody who runs for any type of office, rarely are they doing it to do good. They're doing it for personal affirmation in grandizement. You guys understand that? That's what we're dealing with? that the people who are getting in power are getting there to rule over us. That's what. That's why they do it. Huh? Oh, yeah, the perks that come along with being in an elected Well, can you explain to me why those politicians in Washington, D.C. want to stay there for 30 years? 30 years? I was telling somebody the other day, said, you know, I'd, I'd run for office, but I'd probably get elected, and then I'd have to deal with those people, sit across the table from those phonies. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Right? I couldn't do it. We need somebody calmer like Glenn maybe to do that. I can't do it. But somebody has to, right? And so what we find out is people who get in positions of power get there because it's about them, not the power that they have. And they get invited to all the meetings and get the phone calls and they know the inside job, what's going on. And they get their they get their palms greased. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So our system is uh uh, Babylon, yeah, it's it's Babylon, yeah. It's, but we're we're in it, folks. If you don't understand, I'm getting ready to write a commentary today, and the commentary I'm made a note, had to make a Holy Spirit. It's how it works. Holy Spirit wrote, spoke to me yesterday, and I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget. So let, where, where is it here? Bear with me. I'm sorry if this is all about me. Where did I? Where did I write? I wrote it. me. I said me. No, no. What is it? What, what, what? Hang on, hang on. Because I'm going to tell you what I'm going to write about. Because the Holy Spirit spoke it to me and told me to write about it. And he said, the new world order is satanic. That's what I'm going to write today. The new world order is satanic. Hey, folks, the Republicans are satanic. I'm sorry. Sorry. The Democrats are under the control of Satan. The Bible, Bob Dylan told us how many years ago you got to serve somebody. Can you be neutral in this war for truth, justice in the American way? Can you be neutral? Can you serve God and the devil? Can you just kind of have it in the middle ground? I'm telling you, it can't be. So you are either a warrior for Satan or you're on the other team, baby. I'm sorry. You're either a warrior Amen. for Satan or you're on the other team. Come on, man. There ain't no middle ground. There ain't no fence. You don't ride any fence with Jesus. We got fence riders. Why? Because they're about personal advancement. New world order. But the rise of Satan and all that stuff that we don't want, that we don't want to believe. We can't figure out why our politics don't get any better. Glenn told me that the 
Central Committee last night endorsed Bernie Marino. And I said, is that good or bad? Huh? Is that good or bad? I don't, I don't know. Bernie Marino for Senate. All right. Is Bernie Marino good or bad? And you know what Glenn's response was? Well, at least he's not a politician. I thought, well, hell, that's a place to start, isn't it? <laughs> it's a place to start. Man, we're in, we're in such a fix, and we're in such a fix because our churches have become so so politicized in that they're neutered. They won't get involved because of politics. They won't. That's my frustration. That's my frustration. I'm going to show you something today that's going to curl your toes. I'm telling you. What are you writing on today, Coach? New World Order is satanic. Do you think? Do you think that the average person that goes to church has even considered that? That the New World Order is satanic. It's Satan's attempt to overthrow Christ. Is there any Christianity in the New World Order, friends? Klaus Schwab. Is there any Christianity? So I guess a new world order means there's an old world order they got to get rid of. And what's the old world old world order? Can't even say it. The old world order was Christ is King. That was the old world order. <laughs> they got to get rid of that one. That's what all this stuff's about. That's what the open borders is all about. It's about bringing into America people don't even know what liberty is. In fact, our, our kids in school don't even know what liberty is anymore because they've infiltrated the schools, taken over the schools, teaching lies to the children, racism, bigots, white privilege, all that stuff, trying to destroy the foundations. The Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, what can we do? What, what can we do? It's a question. Let's do something. Let's do something. Church doesn't want to. Church just wants to sit around and play tiddlywinks and, and wait for the wait to be taken home, except nobody wants to die. Haven't figured that one out. Everybody wants to be taken home, but nobody wants to die. Okay, pastor's way to be taken home is go die. <laughs> go stand up on the street and die. That's, that'd be the fastest way to get home. If that's what you want to talk about, I see the hands popping up. I don't want to, hang on a second. I'll give two minutes to say, hang on, hang on. Hang on. <sighs> so we're doing the Super Bowl show on Sunday. I'll get you more information. Invite your friends. Let's pray against that satanic Super Bowl. I got so much stuff to show you today. Oh, my goodness. goodness. Okay, hang on a minute. I'm going to start with this just to show you. Pull up Taylor Swift. Now, I talked yesterday about whether it's a PSYOP and how how did Taylor Swift become bigger than the NFL? How can Taylor Swift, I'm, I'm trying to tie things together here. How come they're pushing Taylor Swift so much and tie it? And uh, what's his name? Kelsey. He's from Ohio, by the way. He's up around Cleveland. Well, folks, are you ready? You ready for some programming? Okay, here you go. Here's some programming for you. Go ahead, Spencer. Good morning. Taylor Swift is not a PSYOP. Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift is not is a psyop. Taylor Swift is not 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 a psyop. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Good morning. Taylor Swift is not a Okay, Spencer says he thinks that's fake. Well, I think she's a psyop. That's what I think. I'm going to try to show you some of that stuff here this morning. Go ahead, Jeff, real quick. Coach, just replied to what you just said, Bernie, Bernie Marino and these demonic politicians, both sides. Yep. I got them all coming to my car lot. These people want to promote this lady for commissioner and this guy for commissioner. Yep, yep, they want yep, me to get involved. So I have blasted them. I mean, I blasted them. And all of them, I'm holding them accountable that we can't keep going in there flipping levers for these stupid people. We don't even know who they are or where they're at spiritually. So I'm bringing all this up. Had some in my office there day for about 35 minutes. Two <coughs> Christians, husband and wife, they're promoting this stuff. And uh, so I told him, I said, well, let me tell you. I said, I'd like to meet this lady running for commissioner. But I said, I'm not putting her sign out in the yard until I meet her. And same way with the other guy, Jeff Harmer. I said, I'm not doing anything with banners or signs till I know. And now they haven't come around. I said, matter of fact, Drenda Keeson is booked in my Tuesday night church in the garage on the 20th. Why don't you tell your pastors and all your Christian friends come down? So I'm thinking about dropping a few other ones in there, get these people in there. I warned the garage last night. I said, 
Now, I'm just telling you ahead of time, this is going to be a political night in here, and then we're going to bring in the spiritual with it. We'll give them 10 minutes to talk, and then we're going to open up our Bibles, and we're going to hammer them. They've We've got to stop electing non-Christian people. We've yep. got to stop doing it. They're it also, has to become our number one priority. Not a conservative, yep. a Bible-believing Christian. Go ahead, Jeff. They also got Bernie Marino booked at Eastern Star at that big Gallagher Center on the it's the 18th, 17th or 18th this month on Sunday afternoon. They want me to come. They're doing another event down at the Woodward Opera House. They've invited me to come. I was like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. It's Good. Like, so I'm going. We're going to round them up and get there. Yes, there's a big Eastern Star thing there in Mount Vernon. I, Jeff's not part of the Eastern Star. That's the event. Where people always rent the Masonic Temple. You know, they public they have public meetings inside the Masonic. $1,400 for the afternoon to use that building. $1,400, huh? So, for, so friends, look. Uh, uh, hang on on the comments, Myra. Hang on a second. Because look, friends. I was asking myself this morning. I woke up. I was up a little bit early this morning. I said, you know, how's this thing going to end? How's this thing going to end? How long, how long is how long has the world as we know it been here? How long has Christianity been here? Two thousand years, at least two thousand years. Two thousand years. Leaders come, leaders go. Dictators come, dictators go. Worlds, wars come, wars go. So Second World War was the war to end all worlds, wars. What a what a joke that was. How's this whole thing in? Is there are we really, really looking at a time when this great creation of God is going to just be gone? Because I tell you something, the Bible doesn't teach that, friends. The Bible teaches that we're coming back here for what a millennial reign. Does anybody know what a millennial millennial? Anybody do any math? Millennial? That would be a thousand. There's a thousand-year millennial reign coming on the earth. That's what the Bible teaches. And we te hear over and over about the rapture and the end times. There's going to be a thousand-year millennial reign. Who? Us. Us ruling and reigning on earth. That's the way I understand it. I don't know how it's going to happen. When you die and you leave, I don't know how you're coming back. But there's a thousand-year millennial reign coming. When's the last time you've heard that? We're so doom and gloom, we don't understand. Folks. The Lord doesn't blow up the earth and say, oh, that's it. That's it. I lose. And I was reading the other day. I hate to tell you this because this is just going to rile some of you up. This is free thought. Stay with me a second. Uh, where is it? Is it in Matthew? Is it in Matthew where it tells us, somebody help me find it, that the, that the tares are bundled first. The tares are bundled first. The tares are bundled first and burnt. Does anybody know where that is? Huh? Anybody know? Because look, hey, hey, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's my theology. It's my show. It's my theology. The good weed ain't taken out. The tares are. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together. First, those non-believers, and bind them into bundles and burn them. Coach Matthew thirteen thirty. I'm on it right now. But gather the wheat, the believers, into my barn. Huh? Now, you go whatever theology you want. There to me, it seems to me that the evil is taken out. And bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And they're telling us we need a new world order. No, we don't. No, we don't. Satan's been trying to give us a new world order since Jesus was crucified on the cross. It's been the same thing. A new world order with him in charge of it all. Come on, man. Wake up, church. Get involved, church. Can you tell, look, I, I, you know, I sing the same song over and over. I don't know what town you live in. I'm going to pick Betty's town of uh, St. Clairsville, just because I see St. Clairsville. Betty, you don't have to answer. How many churches do you suppose are in St. Clairsville? 10, 20, 50? 
A hundred? How many churches in St. Clairsville? And you mean to tell me they can't vote into office godly people? Are you telling me that? Well, they don't even want to. They don't even think about it. They don't even share one another's beliefs. Oh, they're all Christian, but they have different Christians. And we're not going to go to church over there because we don't agree with their doctrine. Division, denomination, divide and conquer. So obvious. It's so obvious. The Christians in America, even those who aren't, are about 70% of Americans, self-identified Christians. Google it. Google it, Spencer. See how many years, what, what percentage of Americans claim to be Christian? Google it. Not our Christians claim Christianity. What percentage of Americans claim it? And we got half of them voting for Joe Biden. What does it say? Oh, boy, it's fallen. 63%. 63%. Would that win an election? Would that win an election? And see, if Christianity took the message the right way and said, look, we don't care. We're sorry that your son loves men. We're sorry. But we are not changing the laws and the rules of our country to accommodate your son's deviant sexual behavior. We're sorry. We care about him. But if he's going to continue to do that, we want you to know that that impacts all of us. There's sicknesses and diseases and the judgment of God that follows that behavior, which he called an abomination, and it will not be legal in this community. What's the church say? Oh, the church doesn't say that. Church is inclusive and open. Are you with? You see what's going on? See what's going on? Amen. Oh, you guys are haters. Yeah, I hate evil. I hate evil. Jesus hates evil. I hate what he hates. Why would I embrace what he loves or what he hates? Why would I embrace that? Why would I all of a sudden say, oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. Just, brother, don't judge him. Just don't go. They just need Jesus. Well, I know they need Jesus. But while they need Jesus, they're impacting your grandchildren with deviant behaviors, and your mouth is silent. Amen. <laughs> Boy, this is deep coming out of me. Deep. Should I go there or go here? Chad will say, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, I'm going to keep going here. Man. I'm going to shock you. I'll get you in here, Myron, Roger, and Brown Cowan. I'll get you in here. Bear with me. Pull up Putin. No, uh-huh, hang on, hang on. I, I got to show you this. I got to show you this. Hang on. In order for there to be a new world order, what does that mean? Just that when you hear somebody say there's a new world order coming, what does that mean? Somebody help me. What does it mean? Out with the old, in with the new. Out mm. with the old, in with the new. Do, do we want to get rid of this, this old world order? Do we want to get rid of it? I don't want to get rid of that old world order. I don't want that. I don't want these atheistic, Luciferian elected leaders in charge. In fact, most of them aren't even elected. And if you read the daggone Bible, you understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You understand Psalm 2 says that the kings of this earth have set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. That The battle's right in front of us. It's those who hate Christ against those who love Christ. And the church can't wait to love those who hate Christ. Somebody help me here. Oh my goodness, we made it. We've made everything about personal salvation, personal advancement, personal blessings, personal relationships. When it's a kingdom, we're trying to expand a kingdom. And there's casualties in it. Not everybody makes the basketball team, not everybody gets to be cheerleader. We're in a war. We want everybody, oh, everybody come in here. Y'all get a trophy. Oh, you can all be cheerleaders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we love everybody. It it ain't work like that. never has worked like that. Never will work like that. The new world order is nothing more than some people with a lot of money at the top of everything, powered by Lucifer, who uh, who are trying to overthrow God. It's a coup against Christianity. And Christians don't even see it. They don't even see it. Okay, hang on a second. 
Take a breath, coach. Pull up Putin. Can I tell you something? Hang on a second, Spencer. I gotta, I gotta click on something else here. Did you guys know this? I know you didn't. Pull up Rus- Russian Orthodox Church. <clears throat> How many of you knew this? Look, are you looking at me? How many of you knew Russia is Christian? No, oh, not the government. Not the government. How many of you knew that Russia was full of Christian people? Boom. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Well, that's why I pulled up Russian Orthodox Church. I just Googled this here today. The Russian Orthodox Church is one of the largest or ecclesiastically independent Eastern Orthodox churches in the world. Its membership, Russian Orthodox membership, is more than 90 million. There are 90 million Christians in Russia. Somebody say, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, Coach. Well, there's a difference between Russian people and the government. Just like there's a difference between America and the government. The Christians in America are under a tyrannical rule of the demons of whatever you call it. Russia is under the control of demonic powers. The Christians are being subdued. Christianity was apparently introduced in the East Slavic state of Kievan Rush by Greek missionaries from Byzantine in the ninth century. Russia's been Christian since the ninth century. The guy, I didn't know any of this, coach. The act was followed by the acceptance of Christianity as a state religion. The baptism of Olga's grandson, Vladimir I, Prince of Kiev, in 988. Folks, Christian Russia has never disappeared. Never. And I don't know if you know this or not. I ain't picking sides in this thing. But do you know that Putin hates the New World Order? You know why they hate Putin so much? Because he will not fall in line with a New World Order. Really? Oh, really? Okay, Spence, pull it up there for me. Where is it? Where? Let me find it. Pull up. It says Putin. Just put it at about 1.5 speed. This is 13 minutes long. We're not going to watch it all. But listen to this. Go ahead. Russia, 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 Russia. During the Cold War, it was meticulously and rightly argued by scholars of various stripes that the Soviet Union created what was known as godless communists. These godless communists built their ideology on Marxism slash Leninism, an essentially diabolical system that sought to eradicate religion during that era. These godless communists failed miserably largely because you cannot fight logos and win. Moreover, the fact that Russia has thrived over the years is a clear indication that Alexander Solzhenitsyn was right all along. Back in 2013, Vladimir Putin changed the political calculus by saying that much of the West was committing political suicide. How? Ideologues, said Putin, were surreptitiously declaring that faith in God is equal to faith in Satan. For many, that was an interesting move by Putin, as Patrick Buchanan put it then, in the new war of beliefs, Putin is saying, it is Russia that is on God's side. The West is Gomorrah. Putin said, many Euro-Atlantic countries have moved away from their roots, including Christian values. Policies are being pursued that place on the same level, a multi-child family, and a same-sex partnership, a faith in God, and a belief in Satan. This is the path to degradation. The Washington Times reported then. In his State of the Nation address, Mr. Putin also portrayed Russia as a staunch defender of traditional values against what he depicted as the morally bankrupt West. Social and religious conservatism, the former KGB officer insisted, is the only way to prevent the world from slipping into chaotic darkness. Kudos to Kevin Barrett of Veterans Today. The regime proved Putin right by applauding the Pussy Riot, a Trotskyite group that ended up having sex with literal pornography at the Moscow National Museum. We have discussed this issue in the past. The interesting thing about all this was that neokins like Seth Mandel of Commentary were on the front line defending the Pussy Riot. But the crucial point here is that Putin, like Immanuel Kant and even John Adams and others, understands that a nation cannot exist without objective morality, and objective morality cannot exist without logos, the essence and sustainer of the moral universe. In 2013, Putin declared, people in many European countries are ashamed and are afraid of talking about their religious convictions. Religious holidays are being taken away or called something else, shamefully hiding the essence of the holiday. 
the Zionist regime of course, made the false accusation that Putin was persecuting homosexuals. But Putin moved on to defuse the regime's silly argument this way. We need to respect the rights of minorities to be different, but the rights of the majority should not be in question. So yes, Putin is one of us. Any serious politician who stands against the diabolical establishment is one of us. How does the regime respond to Putin's rational move? Owen Matthews, a useful idiot, declared in The Spectator that Putin has a new plan for world domination. In order to slander Putin, Matthews indirectly linked him with Willy Munzenberg, a revolutionary Jew who wanted to take the Western world to perdition at any cost. When Putin said that Russia will defend traditional values that have made up the spiritual and moral foundation of civilization in every nation for thousands of years, Matthews declared that Putin is onto something. Okay, you can stop it. Put it in Matthews the chat. You can continue watching. Just ask yourself this question. Very simple question. Who's more Christian? Joe Biden or Putin? Who's more Christian? Now, again, we confuse the government with the people. The people in Russia, what do we see? 90 million Christians. 90 million Christians. I'm going to show you a couple other things here. Pull it up real quick. Immigrants on the street. Folks, they are trying to destroy Christian America. Watch this very short video. I think this is San Francisco, I think. Go ahead. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease also to be great. Our problems are moral. Our problems are moral. I'll say it again. America's problems are moral. And Putin has it figured out better than we do. Why is everybody against Putin? Because he's against the new world order. He's trying to return to the old world order of morality and family. Come on in, Roger. Dave, you need to get with the program. I'm trying, brother. (laughs) You need to get with the program. I, I don't have a whole lot more to say other than Keep it up. Thank you. I so many topics, so many issues, so many good things. I'll Why pass. do they hate Putin so much? Why do they oh. hate Putin so much? He's the roadblock, folks, against the new world order. You um you've raised so many good issues. I, I don't even know where to begin. So I'll just pass the baton to the next <laughs> person. But but please, Dave, get with the program. All right, I'll do my best. I'll do my you guys know uh look. This In 19, I lose track of time. 2010, I ran for Congress. Thank God I didn't make it. I'd have got killed probably. I'd be dead by now. But I made hats and shirts, Coach Dave for Congress. And I put my cross hat on the sign. And I put out a bunch of signs and I did a lot of politicking. And you know what I found out? Christians don't want a Christian. They'd rather have a conservative. They would have a rather have a Republican-endorsed conservative. Wouldn't you think a Christian would see my cross hat, Coach Dave for Congress, and say, you know what, I think I might vote for that Christian. A Christian's I'm talking about. Well, I think I might vote for that Christian. I think I might. Hmm. You think the churches might say, wow, we ought to get involved. They can't because one of the elders is on the Republican Central Committee. And he wants to invoke, he wants you to vote for the endorsed Republican candidate. See how the game's played? Brown Cow, come on in.
You have to unmute Brown Cow. I can't hear you. On. Can't hear you. Cannot hear you. Laura Ann, come on in. Figure it out there, Brown Cow. Sorry, Laura Ann. Um, the scripture verse that came to mind was 2 Corinthians 5 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old is gone and the new is here. What they're doing is mocking that scripture verse. And it's because now that's the new world order. The new world order from heaven, the kingdom in heaven did come to earth and establish its new kingdom. And they're trying to override it. That's a new world order, right? And that's a new world order because they're trying to they're trying to dethrone God. That's, that's what right. at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. And then they're mocking Christians because because as soon as Jesus came, because the old is gone, once you meet Jesus, the old is gone, and that old new that old world order that was running your life is now gone because the new world order stepped in and his name is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And God the Father takes over your life. So, Lord, we have two problems, right? See, we have two problems. Number one, Christians won't run for office. And number two, the church won't promote Christians. So we've No, we've, they won't. They they don't get behind, they don't like to elect Christians. And then you got other Christians that say Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. Well, Jesus was. Jesus uprooted all of it. They came after him. The the politics of the, the there's politics in the church, and you're you're the village idiot if you do not think that there's not politics in church business because church is now a business. It's not about Jesus. It's about yeah. the end of the day revenue and how many billions of dollars and how I can entertain you and be a stage performer. I don't care yeah. if your soul goes to heaven or hell. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. That's what that's what they're saying. It's just like buy my books, come to my show, book my show, and then you can just donate whatever you want. But I expect you to. But but the other part of being a village idiot or a flying monkey for them is is that now you know you get to volunteer. So now you get to work for free, which is another form of enslavement because Amen. you're volunteering. Amen. And I'm not saying. And, and please do not anybody get me wrong or misquote me here. I'm not saying that volunteering is wrong or anything. I'm just saying this is how they've groomed everyone to think and volunteer. And, and Rick Warren is quoted saying they trust us to marry, bury, and baptize them. We have a slew of volunteers that will do whatever that, that we say. Yeah. Yes, but we won't do anything that's going to cause any type of pushback or discomfort or anything that might hurt the harm of the, the name of the church in the community. Brown cow. Amen. Brown cow. Can you hear me now, Coach? There we got you. There I don't know. What, my system, I don't know what it is. Forgive me and thank you very much and good morning to all. I just wanted to say this, Coach. When you first came on, um, your frustration, your pain, we could all see that and feel that. And what you feel at that today and earlier on is what I feel every single day, almost every single hour. Now, I just want to say quickly, in New York City, especially, I'm in Manhattan, but in the boroughs, Bronx and Brooklyn, um, Queens, and a liquor store, they never stood up with the jazz, they never said anything, you could never hear like an extra bag of rice or an extra bag of beef. Absolutely no protection, no church security. It's just a miracle that somebody hasn't come in and has come in and told everybody to do this too. But so what you're saying, I very, very well understand what you're saying about the kingdom. God will bring in the kingdom. What do you say? What do I keep stepping into? What's the father of the world? Brown cow. Brown cow, you're breaking up, and I'm amening you what I think you're saying, but but your your microphone's breaking up, dear. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? There, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're doing, but go. But anyway, I'll just I'll just wrap it up by saying I I feel everything you feel. I think we all do, and I think we just praying, telling us about him, walking the walk, talking the talk is all we can do. 
God will not be mocked. He will bring will in not his be mocked. God will not be mocked, baby. Hey, he's going to bundle the evil and burn them. That's what he's going to do. Go ahead, Sheila, come on in. What we're dealing with goes all the way back to the garden. Lucifer felt we were cursed on the land. And when Father had me work on and begin to do this training manual because of the 45 points on how they destroy a nation, and Putin confirmed it uh, in a press conference not so long ago and said what we're dealing with in America, Russia dealt with 100 years ago. And God had me put out on Twitter this week, people don't realize King Nicholas II was Christian, the entire nation was Christian, and they made him abdicate. They forced the entire family to come together in one location in July, and they executed the entire Romanov family in one night. And after that, they brought in Lenin and Stalin and killed millions of Christians. We don't understand the history. And when I told Father where we are in America at 247 years, a culture doesn't last more than 250 years. Mm. And he said, when was the worst 250 years? And I said, when the pilgrims brought all the truth, because the Bibles were just translated in 1620. And by 1870, what they had banned from the church structure, because it goes all the way back to Roman Empire, Roman Catholic Church, every denomination is a split off of the Roman Catholic Church with a different human perception of what it should be. And that we aren't any better off than where they were. And God said, that's not, give me the best 250 years that you can remember. And I said, Father, that's it for America. So this is the second time, another 250 years, and here we are again. And he said, Sheila, did I not send my son? Did I not send him with all truth? Did I not give all truth to my people? And what did they do? To stay alive, they compromised with Constantine. That's the 250 years. You have to go back at least that far. So in the description of everything where we've been, you are hitting on all cylinders of the fact that everything we're facing, we talk about symptoms. People don't go back to the root and understand that this is where the body has been. We've allowed it to come into America, and that's what tyranny is all about. And the tyranny was not just in the government, The separation of church and state was what our founding people set in place so that our founding would be different than any other structure of government. And we allowed it to become a monarch mentality. And to this day, people still want someone to come in and fix this. And I was just um, working on the book while I was waiting for the show this morning. And God had me insert the preamble. And he said, this is the founding. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, we establish justice. We ensure domestic tranquility. We provide for the common defense. We promote the general welfare. We secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. We do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. And we've not made them stand up to our constitution, but we don't want them to rewrite it. So everything of the separation of church and state would solve this, and we never understood it. And so the church separated itself from government, and now people want to blame government for what happened and the people in government for what happened. But we stepped back as an entire body across the entire United States and let them do this to us. That's where we are. We should have impeached the... uh... Supreme Court in 1947 when they issued the Everson versus Board of Education. By the way, by the way. They, they're all part of the secret societies. Yeah, this goes so deep. And that's what came in from Europe. And they control the churches. They control everything. And that's why the pilgrims knew you don't let those people in with that ideology or you'll have tyranny. Does anybody remember besides me <clears throat> when Russia was called the Soviet Union. Anybody remember that besides me? And what happened to the Soviet Union? Why, it broke up. And now it's Russia, 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 Russia. 
So in other words, did the people throw off that old, decayed carcass of the Soviet Union? And are they trying to reestablish Christianity, the people I'm talking about? Because the government's always going to be for tyranny. The government's always going to be for tyranny. So it's exactly what Sheila's talking about. We the people. Are we the people in Russia trying to rise up? And we hear all of our media talk about Russia, 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 Donald Trump, Russia, 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 Russia. Well, I'm, I hate to tell you this. Maybe being friends with Russia right now would be a good thing. <laughs> Maybe it would be, right? But it doesn't fit the new world order, for sure. Myra. Thank you, Coach. Concerning the Babylonian kingdom, Jeremiah 51, 1 through 3. Jeremiah 51, 1 to 3. It is written, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will rise up against Babylon, and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me. Mm -hmm. A destroying wind. Amen. I will send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her, shall empty her land, for in the day of trouble they shall be against her ran about against him that bendeth, let the archer bend his bow, and against him that lifted himself up in his bright gandin, <laughs> and spare ye not. Young men, destroy ye utterly all her host. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a war. It's a war. Pull up for me. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Why can't I find that? Number one. Pull up number one. Pull up number one. Somebody sent this to me. Put it at 1.5 speed. <clears throat> Paul Harvey. You guys remember Paul Harvey? Good day. Go ahead. 1965. 65. Paul Harvey took the airwaves and said this. 1965. Can't hear you. Unlimited taxation. And you know it. At Runnymede, the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword, denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. And you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property. Slow so down. Slow down. Do the one sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says the Congress will have the power to lay... collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. And we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George Good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. And when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. And when they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first, there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger. In order to pay the additional tax collectors, it has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Now, some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene, to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such. Once upon a time, 
There was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wisely, he limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand, but anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, he said they just didn't understand deficit finance. What do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 BC, internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years. Just by turning to the left, the world has gone in circles. Now either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows as the night the day, our children are going to have to relive the dark ages all over again. How come after thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God, and my country, and in myself, and in that order. Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains, and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, Thank you, God. Now, I can take it from here. Well, that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us, we don't want opportunity anymore. We want security. We don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often, we came to believe them. We wanted security. And they gave us chains, and we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first pin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment, that free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers dragging their chains, and we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing, too. Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never, ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made. If we just keep on keeping on, we've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. Freedom is never more than one generation away. Freedom and chance. Wow, huh? Put that in the chat. Put that in the chat. Huh? It's all about security, right? Put the mask on! 
Social distance. Get the jab. Michelle, come on in. Good morning, team. Thanks, Coach. Um, I dropped in the chat um, a article. Um, the IRS, we were talking about the IRS in that, to boost enforcement uh, workers by 40%. So the um, the enforcement branch, so the one that wants to come to your home and, and ask you why you haven't paid all of your taxes and declared every single cent to the... And the other thing I dropped in there is um, I brought up yesterday, it's it's not Stu Peters, but if you go to his website, you can sign up for um, a, for a documentary showing you that we we are we are exempt from paying these taxes if you actually read the laws um, and get past all of their. It's like they have this um, magic when they write it down on paper, um, and they change the term and they change this and they put a capital letter and all these things. But I, I promise you. If you're not living inside of D.C. or working for them, you don't have to pay these taxes. Well, here's the problem, see. <clears throat> we now, everything centers in D.C., so it doesn't matter where they, we have the right to or don't have the right to. We have judges in, in, in place who enforce the laws of the corporate government, not the Constitution. That's, that's, that's our problem. I don't know how we overthrow it. I don't know. But that's what we're dealing with. Uh, thanks, Rochelle. I'll, I'll copy that and look at it later. Jack, come on in then, Gino. Yeah, everything that uh, Paul Harvey said there uh, turns on the phrase income from whatever source derived. And we have our focus. It's the, we have our emphasis is on the wrong syllable. Income from whatever source derived. It's not what from whatever source derived that's important. It's the illegal lawful definition of income, which is profit or gain. Wages are not income, but they just ignore that phrase. And yep. even Paul Harvey put the emphasis on the wrong syllable because it all turns on the definition of income, not from whatever source derived. Amen, Amen Jack. And then, then they inflate it to where you're making so much money, they get more and more income. What a Ponzi scheme. They're playing on us. Randy. Gino, I'm sorry, Gene. Then Randy. Hey, yeah, I was going to just compound on that. Ray, Rochelle is right. But the thing of it is, we've submitted ourselves to be under that by being a U.S. citizen. You mm. need to study that. We are not U.S. citizens. All U.S. citizens are under Washington, D.C. So, so, Gina, why don't we elect guys who will fight for that? Why Why do we say this over? I'm not making fun of you. Why do we say it over and over and over and over and then continue to elect Republicans and Democrats? Can somebody explain that to me? Because they're not because for us. Folks, it's the enforcers. It's the enforcers that have all the power. They, look, they don't care what the law says. They are the law. It's what they believe. Randy. Coach, treating the symptoms doesn't bring healing. <laughs> Paul, Dr. Paul knows this. We have a system here. We're, we're even guilty of doing it ourselves, Coach. We're, we're looking at the symptoms, and we're not doing anything. Let me tell you what will overthrow this, Coach. You, you said it a little bit ago. How do we overthrow this? Well, I don't know. It could be a revolution, but I know a better way. The overthrow of the new world order starts. It's it's set in motion with declaring and decreeing God's prophetic word. Think about it, coach. Nothing changes. What is prophecy? God, it's God's method to move his will on earth through time and space. I wrote that down a year or so ago. What we do, coach, when we get on the front end of what God's doing and we speak it and we go out and we're the boots on the ground instead of a bunch of talkers, a bunch of do-nothing people like the church is today, we are setting in motion what God, what he's going to do, what he wants to do. We, we have to keep doing what we're doing, coach, and quit griping and, and moaning and bickering and just go do it. Go be the remnant. Amen. I'm telling you, coach, we're changing it right now. We are. We are. We are. We are. Russia is changing the things right now. Everywhere people are being the boots on the ground, they are turning this thing right now. Because, hey, folks, 
because it ain't a country, baby. It's a kingdom. We got fellow believers in Russia. We got fellow believers in Amen. the Amen. We got fellow believers in Poland. We got fellow believers. God is building a kingdom, not, not, a, not a group of nations. What, what a time to be alive, man. What a time to be alive. Dr. Paul, quickly. Hey, Coach, I left the video here. kind of tells you that we're all commodities. That's a Canadian uh, video uh, about a 13-year-old child who has cancer and uh, why the mother was gone. The doctors let her commit suicide. Yeah. And the kid was gone. That's where we're at. We're all commodities. Gotta love those doctors. Huh? Trust your doctor. Trust your doctor. Take the jab, right? Take the jab. Trust your doctor. See you tomorrow.